this edition of the DSI Security Services Podcast, The Security Evolution, where we talk about the latest trends and topics around the private security industry. Today we've got a very special edition where we're going to dig into the real story of DSI Security Services. I'm looking forward to this because we're going to have a conversation with Alan Clark. So first of all, Alan, I appreciate you doing this today. Thank you, Eddie. Well, let's just dive into it. Before we get into the real story of DSI, tell me a little bit about your, your story growing up here in Houston County in the Dothan area. Eddie, good question again. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dothan, Alabama was a great place to live, wonderful place to live, very laid back. You know, back then we had one high school, we had one high school again, but uh, it, everyone just about knew each other. And we rode our bikes all day long, uh, all over Dothan. And all we had to do is be home by dark, by dinner, no phones, no beepers, no cell phones, that type of stuff. Good life. Uh, uh, we had one time we had our own, one recreational park, Doug Two. Everybody played baseball there together and softball together. So it was a, a, a good, a good, uh, good place to live and a good place to a place I always wanted to come back to. Yeah, for those that are watching and listening that aren't familiar mm-hmm. with Dothan, uh, talk a little bit about where it's located and how you've seen it grown over the years. Oh. Well, I always tell people it's 15 miles from Georgia and 15 miles from Florida. I call it LA, Lower Alabama. Uh, 90 miles from the most beautiful beaches in the world. A uh, great place. Like I say, just a good location. Uh, Panama City is close enough where we, we can all enjoy it, but also you don't live down there and you take it for granted, I think, sometimes. So I think it's a great place to live. I really do. Yeah, and it's certainly changed over the last uh, 50 years that the DSI has been in existence. You've seen it grow quite a bit. I've seen it grow a lot. Dothan has uh, drastically changed in the population and uh, uh, just, to, you know, come on, what well, is a major city in our whole area, but it's, it's, it's grown tremendously uh, population wise. And uh, like I said, it's a, good, a great place to live, a great place to raise your family, and uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And we'll get to the oranges of DSI here in a second, but talk a little bit about growing up here in Dothan, your high school experience. Again, I hate to be too positive all the time, but I, I want to be. Dothan High, my high school experience, my school experience in, uh, here was wonderful. Uh, I remember we had a class reunion uh, a few years back, and uh, I saw one of my classmates. He had, he had never been to a reunion before. And I said, why don't you ever come to the reunion? He said, well, I didn't like high school. Why wouldn't I want to come to the re- reunion and see people that I didn't like high school? I didn't understand that because to me, that the high school experience was a wonderful experience. Uh, I just uh, cherish it. It was a great, great time. Uh, like I said, one high school here, we all graduated together. We came together, two junior high schools came together and formed one Dothan High School. We had a, it was a great time. It was a, Great time, I just can't say enough about it. And when I talk to, to people in our industry, quite often we swap stories about lessons in life and it's always interesting to me that we learn a lot of lessons before we get into the business world or the security world. So I think you were involved in sports in high school, weren't you? Yeah, I played football, baseball, uh, mostly football, yeah. I will say, um, I'm very good at it, but I, I played, I was quarterback, 73, uh, uh, again, it was a, Football teaches you. Uh, you ask that question. Yeah, it teaches me. Okay, good, good. <laughs> well, you said you weren't very good, so I won't go down. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't, go, don't, don't go into that. But we don't go into your stats or anything. You know, football taught me. Uh, sports teaches you. You know, you get knocked down. You get a. You're not always. You're not always the best. You don't always win. 
you, you have a game plan, you work that game plan, and you uh, do the best you can, and that's all you can do. You know, God gave uh, everyone a certain talent, and uh, speed is a, a talent that uh, God gave you. If you got it, I didn't have it, uh, but uh, what I, the talent I had, I, I, I'm sure I didn't maximize it, but uh, I was, I tried to do the best I could. Like I said, I learned a lot about sports. I still think today, I don't care if you're wanting to play football in the college or pro, you, you just, it's a good teaching tool that you uh, can't always win and can't always lose. Just do your best, get knocked down, drug down, and push down, but you get back up and keep moving. Yeah, and the founder of DSI was A.B. Clark, your father, and he was a legendary figure here in Dothan and Houston County. Uh, talk a little bit about his political aspirations as you were growing up. Well, Daddy uh, ran for sheriff when I was in the fifth grade. He elected when I was in the sixth grade. I don't know Daddy before that time. You know, I was a fifth grader, so you don't really remember a lot of stuff. But I do, uh, I don't know why he got into politics personally. I never heard, he never said why he got into politics. Uh, I speculate sometimes, but. I'll never forget where I was when uh, Mother told us Dave was going to run for sheriff. We were on Alice Street, right there in front of and Alice and uh, Selma Street, right there in front of Doug Two, turning left. I'll never forget it. And Mother told uh, uh, me and my two sisters and uh, brother that Dave was going to run for sheriff. We didn't know what the sheriff was. I remember we all cried. Uh, and uh, my mother asked me one day, "Why did y'all cry?" I said, "I guess we did. we don't know why we cried. We all cried." I guess it's called the sheriff guns and shooting mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But that's a, uh, yeah, they ran for sheriff when I was in sixth grade. Ran for sheriff when I was in fifth grade, elected when I was in sixth grade. Yeah, I know I've talked to, to numerous people over the years about A.B. Clark, and again, he's a very well-known figure as being sheriff, but a lot of people don't know what he did before being sheriff. Yeah. So what was he involved in before he got into politics? Daddy farmed and it was in the Putwood business, logging Putwood business. He had his own business, and uh, uh, we, uh, when he was elected sheriff, he got out of the log and put with business and stayed in the farming business. But uh, yeah, Daddy was, uh, I think, very successful. One time we had the largest, largest hog operation in Houston County in the Round Rahoeth area. Raised cows and row crop, peanuts and cotton. Uh, so he was, we, he did that and just about to the day he died he, when, he, when he was sheriff. Well, we'll get to the, the creation of DSI security here in a minute, but, but talk about how you had aspirations leaving here, going to college, and what you thought your life was going to look like. You know, I don't know what I, uh, I think that's one of my faults is I never, uh, uh, I guess I didn't expect a lot out of life, but I had, I had some goals and aspirations. I always wanted to go to the University of Alabama. My uh, two other siblings went to Auburn, three other siblings went to Auburn. Uh, if I thought I was going to go to Auburn, but never ever wanted to go to Auburn. Nothing wrong with Auburn, I just didn't want to go to Auburn. <laughs> went to Alabama. I remember laying in bed at night in high school and uh, lights out, and I had my little radio by my bed, and I would uh, hear Alabama play basketball at night, and I was and I hear the crowd roar and the kids hollering. I went, "That's where I want to be one day. I'm gonna be there one day." And I, you know, that's I knew I was going to college. My mother was one of those people that uh, you knew you were going to college somewhere, didn't know where, maybe where, but I never, my whole life, never remember not thinking I was not going to college somewhere. So. And at University of Alabama was where I went, and uh, was a great, that was also a great experience for me. Well, let's sort of go back to, to 1969 when, when DSI Security Service was created, and, and I get asked sometimes what does DSI stand for, and that's Dothan Security Incorporated, obviously where it was, was born. But what's your first memory of hearing uh, your father or your parents talk about this company they were creating called DSI Security? I don't remember a lot. I was a ninth grade when it happened. Uh, 
I guess when I got, got in high school, I got, I got more into more about it. But uh, you know, like, again, like you're in the ninth grade, you're not worried about I'm worried about sports and uh, girls. Uh, that, that's <laughs> a good, the important things in life, not about uh, daddy starting a business. But uh, don't remember a lot about it until I got to high school and, and uh, you know, knew more about it, was involved in it, knew what was going on with it. Yeah. yeah, and we talked a minute ago about you going off to University of Alabama. What was your aspirations as far as a career at that point? You know, I always wanted, I guess, daddy being a sheriff, I always wanted to get in law enforcement. I really wanted to, to be an FBI agent. That was my goal. Um, uh, and some form of, of some form of law enforcement. I always, as a young kid, I always wanted to be the youngest sheriff of Houston County. And I, I say, even when I was older, I wanted, not older, I mean, in college, I wanted to run for sheriff at one time in my life. But, that aspiration is passed, and I'm glad it didn't ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me speak on behalf of the citizens of Houston County. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to run anyway. Uh, well, you talked about you know the lessons you learned in high school through sporting and athletics. Uh, talk about some lessons you learned in college doing jobs. Um, I know you had some jobs in college as well. So, what did that teach you about business? Yeah. Uh, me and a good friend of mine uh, had bought bought a pinball machine in uh, our sophomore year in Lincoln, Alabama, and put it in our fraternity and started making money with it. Now, I really wasn't a big pinball-type person, but I did play some. But uh, we we bought one machine, and it started doing so well that we bought, uh, by the time we ended, we had about four pinball machines in different fraternity houses and really made... I'm surprised how much money we made uh, doing it. Well, a lot of money, enough to help us out. But uh, I did, we did that, and also we did, uh, 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 bought a uh, uh, tra trailer, parked it out by the Signal House, and uh, Houston Paper Company here would help, would uh, came to Tuscaloosa once a week or every two weeks, and we'd have an order. We And I sold, let me back up, I sold paper supplies, toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning supplies to sorority houses, we I'd go around and sell it to the sorority houses and take an order and, and we they'd bring it to us at our uh, to Tuscaloosa and we'd and I'd deliver it. I sold tuxedos at one time to all, a lot of attorney people. I sold uh, well once you get into that kind of stuff I realized about business. Once you get into that kind of stuff, meaning get into business of some sort, you'll see other opportunities pop up. And that's what happened to us. People see you're involved in things and they say, Well, you wanna do this, do that and and uh, that's really the Kind of my philosophy today is once you get in it, something get in it and uh, work it in a little bit, and and other opportunities come your way, and you take advantage of them or you don't. So we did made good money doing that. I was involved with SGA at Alabama, uh, the school I was involved in at the time uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, the uh, SGA senator, uh, I don't know what happened totally, uh, left office and the. The president of the SGA at Alabama was a good friend of mine, uh, appointed me to that position. And I took over that position and I, I ran for it uh, the next year and won. So I was a student SGA senator in Tuscaloosa for, I guess, for two years. Great experience, learned a lot about uh, legislative affairs type stuff, uh, you know, trying to compromise, uh, make decisions, and uh, pretty big budget. Uh, I mean, at the time, it, I don't know, I've got a couple million bucks. Back then, a lot of money for yeah. a budget for you know for students to involve. It great experience for me. Met a lot of people. A lot of people today that are have gone on to bigger, uh, bigger and better aspirations in politics. Uh, people who ran for lieutenant governor, attorney general, a lot of different positions, judges. 
Uh, so it's been a, it was a great experience too. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier you don't remember a whole lot about when, when A.B. Clark started DSI Security Services, but uh, talk a little bit about how he came to really uh, manifest that idea of, of creating a security company. What caused him to really make that step? Yeah, actually, it was, uh, I guess, being in the right place at the right time. Farley Nuclear Plant was being built over in, uh, on the river in Columbia. Um, the company that was building it was uh, Floor Daniels. Maybe, maybe at the time, maybe just Daniels Construction Company. I think it was just Daniels at the time. But anyway, they came to Deddy uh, and asked him to put a security force together. That's how it happened. Uh, they, they wanted, uh, at the time, there was no security companies here. And so they came to him, uh, a guy named Mr. Allen was his name, came to Deddy and asked him if he would help uh, put together a team of security people, you know, retired law enforcement, police officers, sheriff's people. So that's where DSI started, by fluke, really. Yeah, and you talked earlier about having aspirations to, to go on to the FBI or other things, but at some point you made the decision to come back home and get, in, get involved in DSI. What do you remember about those early days when you first got involved? Let me back up on that point. was uh, uh, when I was about to graduate, a good friend of ours, Dad, was Daddy's, was a Colonel Floyd Mann, who at, at one time was a, a head of the, the, public, the Department of Public Safety in Alabama, which is state troopers. At that time, he was a, an assistant under uh, David Matthews, who was the president of the University of Alabama at the time. He was a, like an executive, executive vice, president, vice president. His son was a good friend of mine, uh, and we had lived together a couple summers in Montgomery. And uh, Colonel Mann helped me get a job at the, with the FBI. At the time, the FBI was only hiring accountants and attorneys, and I was neither. So uh, he got me a job as a tour guide at the Hoover Building in, in in Washington, D.C., and uh, I think the, if I remember correctly, the, the wage was like 12000 a year. Uh, at the time, I was dating a young girl from Mississippi, a year behind me in school, and I didn't I didn't really think that, first of all, I'd never been to D.C. at the time. Uh, it, I guess it just didn't work out, and I kind of came home and started uh, working for the, for the company. Yeah, in those early days, and the contract security industry has changed in some ways, and in some ways it hasn't. But uh, what do you remember about those early days running the company and being really involved on the ground level? It was tough. Uh, when I got home, I think we had three accounts, maybe three. Uh, the guy who was running it at the time was, uh, when I got home a month later, he had uh, he resigned. I, I came home and opened up a frozen yogurt shop in Northside Mall. At the time, uh, when I was in Tuscaloosa, Steve Klaus and I, a state representative today, and I were good friends also. I didn't have that many friends. I don't like to say good friend. I don't have that many good friends. Why I say that? He was a friend, an acquaintance of mine, now he's a good friend of mine. We talked about opening up, opening up a frozen yogurt shop. At the time, that was a very hot item. And we researched, Steve's a year behind me also, and I researched it and uh, opened up a little shop down in the bottom floor of the North Side Mall. I was going to do that and also help with the farming situation and also help with the security company. And about a month into that, uh, our uh, manager of the security company uh, re resigned, quit. And so I was kind of thrown into that, thrown, in, <laughs> thrown into the <laughs> fire, as they say. I was trying to open up a frozen yogurt shop, I did, and run the security company too. It was a very, very tough time for me. Uh, I lived with uh, another, another good friend of mine um, in a house here in Dothan. And it was a very tough time for me because that's back when, when he left, I knew nothing about the security business, hiring people, firing people, or paying people. So 
first year or so out of college was a very, very difficult time for me. Not much sleep. Slept in my chair most days because I was, you know, back then there was no telephone, no uh, cell phones, and no beepers and that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was a constant moving on the go all the time. So it was a, uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It was uh, not, I'm glad I did it. I look back now, it wasn't as bad as it probably seemed, but I look back now, it was, a, it was a great experience for me, learning experience for me, but it was a very, very tough time. Yeah, learned a lot knowing what could go wrong and, and how exactly to make right. it right. So right. <clears throat> well, let's talk about a very important part of the, the DSI story back then and even today. Uh, you mentioned when you were in college, you, you met a young lady. So talk talk to me about how you, you met uh, Marcia Devers. Marcia Carol Devers. Uh, well, we were, uh, had a good friend of mine who here I go. I don't have any friends. <laughs> we're going to have them all on the next podcast so that yeah. they'll have their rebuttal here. A lady I had dated a few times and uh, became real good friends. She didn't, didn't. Anyway, she met me and realized that we should be good friends. And nothing. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> she asked me one, uh, one day about uh, a blind date, and I, I had just had a blind date the week before that. It wasn't a, wasn't a great experience for me. Uh, so I said, "I don't want another blind date." She said, "No, you got to go up with this girl." And anyway, I was walking back from the library, which is I didn't know where it was back then. One night and. Walking, uh, walking down the strip in Tuscaloosa, a place called Sneaky Pete's Hot Dog Place. They were based out of Birmingham, I think. And uh, I was supposed to call her back that, that night and tell her uh, yay or nay, so I'll, I'll never forget walking in Sneaky Pete's. And back then, the phone was hanging on the wall behind, like, to the storage room, you know. So I called her and uh, told her that I really didn't want to go. Didn't want to she said, hey, she's a great girl. She makes her own clothes, has a great personality. Anyway, I did go, and her name was uh, Marcia Carol Devers. They call her Marty, and that's our first date. And we dated, uh, yeah, basically all through college. We, we did that date of people, but uh, we finally married, and uh, been married I guess 43 years now. Yeah, and and fast forward to 2020. Here she is actually the president and, and majority owner of DSI. So. Right. Uh, good move on your part. So yeah, that, yeah, that was. I'll try to keep her now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have no choice <laughs> at this no point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, just like you know, Marty was a big part of, of your success growing up. Talk a little bit about the role your mother played in the creation of DSI and, and keeping it going all the years. Mother well, is a stable force in our family and always has been. Always, uh, you know, she was. She uh, was kind of at the time our office, the office for DSI or Delta Security at the time was at my mother's house. So uh, mother kind of was in charge of the books and, and you know, having to get the payroll and stuff together to, to uh, I think in early, early days they may have paid them to themselves and they, they hired an accounting firm who did the, all the payroll for them. But she got, she was in charge of kind of getting that stuff together, getting it to the, uh, the right people. But she was a uh, mail invoices and that kind of stuff. She wasn't in the day-to-day operations of hiring and firing, that kind of stuff. But she was definitely, definitely an integral part of the, the direction we were going. Yeah, what do you remember about your father and your mother teaching you about business, our life that you still carry with you today? Uh, mother, well, basically, um, it's all about people. Uh, and that's, I still, you know, it's funny, you hear things in your life, but if, to me, anything you do in life is all about people. I mean, you know, having the right people, good people, whether it's sports, you know, you look at, if you back up the sports a little bit, you look at recruiting in college football, Everybody has a football team, and you have 11 players on uh, each side of the ball. But who wins is the person, the people, who, the, the team who has the best players in that position. 
and I, that, that's it's all about. I still think today having good people uh, uh, is what it's all about. Being honest, uh, being uh, trustworthy, uh, also is uh, very important. I was taught by mother really this morning. Anything else, it, you got to bring in more than you pay out. In other words, you you know you got to whatever you bring in, you better you better pay out less because you, you don't want to opt to that. You don't want to pay out more than you bring in. So that's just a basic my accounting rules is you, know, you better you know that but uh, honesty you know just being honest with people being up front with people you know they people know you can you can mess with somebody so you can mess with people for so long and then at the point they're not going to deal with you anymore so it's just very important to hire good people uh, be honest with them and do the right thing yeah about. well back in in those days uh, most people can't really um comprehend how things worked back then we didn't have all the technology and yeah. things like that and we could do an entire episode just talking about how politics were back in the 60s and 70s and what they are today but uh, talk a little bit about what you recall about AB being sheriff the phone ringing at night and his commitment to the citizens yeah yeah I don't think most people know what some politicians go through daddy was four-term sheriff uh, Daddy never loved what he did, no doubt in my mind. I mean, as a kid, he never told me that. But I, you don't have to be told, you know. We never had a meal without the telephone ringing, him on the phone. I, I, and we all at night back then. That's you know, back then. Every, everyone sat down at night. Well, we did. Sat down at night. We all sticked around the table and ate dinner at night. And our phone was on the wall. Dave was sitting with you over the phone right beside him. He was. I would say eight, eight percent of the time, Dave was on the phone talking to someone. We had a. Uh, he had a, a police monitor. Uh, Ten feet away, under his under his little table by his desk, by his chair, he was always on for 16 years. Went by his bed. Uh, Daddy loved what he did, committed what he did. You know, like, like Daddy was, Daddy was elected four terms, and before Daddy was elected to sheriff, one sheriff before Daddy had been elected for two terms, but every sheriff before that had only been elected for one term. And I, I, and I know this for a fact, Daddy was the first sheriff ever to have kids. All the sheriffs before Daddy had no children for some reason. Like I said, he loved the job. Uh, he didn't tell me that, but I, you know, I knew that. He, loved, he, didn't want, he, didn't want, he didn't want to go on vacation. He wanted to stay home. The only vacation we had growing up was going to the sheriff's convention, whether it's in, uh, Daddy was also involved one time in the National Sheriff's Association. So we went to a couple places, Miami, and they went to California one time. Uh, so he, he definitely loved what he did. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure you have stories going to restaurants that take you 30 minutes to get from the oh, yeah. front no, door that, to, yeah, the, no, to the Daddy, booth. <laughs> Daddy was a uh, also I don't I don't think Daddy was a calculated politician. He didn't learn by reading a book. I think Daddy came, it came natural to him to speak to people. He would never walk in a restaurant or any uh, room without speaking to everybody in there. He just that's what he did. And he tell you today, I had, uh, we had a county commissioner after Daddy left the sheriff's office. A county com guy running for county commissioner came by Daddy's house one day, and I was there. And he asked Daddy, "You was invited?" He said, "Well, never walk into a room without speaking to, speaking to everyone before you sit down. Just speak to everybody in there to let them know. Uh, you may not know their name, uh, but you don't have to. You just acknowledge them." I'll tell you what Daddy did. Daddy wasn't wasn't the best with names, but he may know that Eddie Srells lived in Ashford, Alabama, or Justin lived in Cottonwood, Alabama. And he would, uh, if he'd see Justin, he'd say, hey, and he'd introduce you. Here's Justin, he's the mayor of Cottonwood, or Eddie Sorrell, here, he's the mayor of Ashford. That's how he did it, made feel, you know, we all want to feel important. And sure. It's all about uh, feeling important. And, 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 uh, and 
a good politician is going to make you feel important, you know, whether it's uh, recognizing you and making sure you know that you are important. They are they the ones they are the ones important. They do vote and elect you to office. But they had that natural ability to uh, to to do that, and I, it came natural. It really did. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels there to, to business as well. If the customers don't feel important or recognized, they're going to go somewhere, go somewhere else. else. So, uh, we mentioned earlier about the role that, that your wife, Marty, plays in DSI, but at some point, and even currently, all your children have been involved in well. So talk a little bit about the, the Clark legacy mm -hmm. that continues. I told all three of my children, and I had no idea what they wanted to do in life. They were in college, or before college. I said, here's a company here. I think it's a good company. We can make it better your daddy which is me about to max out so you got to bring if you're interested in this company you got to bring something to the table there's no fat here to, you, know, you know there's no salary here for you know whatever for not working you got to work so one time we had all three of my children Mary Neal Boyd and Deborah both worked with DSI all three worked with DSI Mary Neal left about four years ago started her own business pure bar business here in Dothan she was in Birmingham, moved to Dothan. Uh, she now moved back to Birmingham, got married, and moved back to Birmingham. Uh, I think she may have us out down the road with some things. Uh, I hope we've talked about some stuff. She got you know a lot of people she knows in Birmingham. Boyd's been involved for uh, head of marketing, as you know. Deborah came back, I guess, six, seven, eight years ago, and he's helping with op uh, an operation. Has a certain territory he's over. I think that, uh, like I said, it's all about good people. I think that they care. People like you've been there 30 years. Uh, I'm not getting off the subject here, but my kids. But I think they realize that uh, that uh, they're hard. I mean, they're my. I'll say this about my kids: they're hard workers. They're not. They're not lazy. Uh, they uh, work hard. Uh, not perfect, but they they work hard. I think they they know DSI is a, a great tool can to can be carried to another level. And I think between them and you and everybody else, that, that can happen. Sure. And in DSI, we have not just a slogan, but really a mission and a philosophy that drives the company. It's reflected in our logo, and we talk about it in just about every meeting. T tell the story about how you came up with that mission that really drives DSI. Well, I've always kind of, kind of liked marketing for how do you, how, why do people buy things, or why do you, what drives me to buy this car, or this shirt, or this pants, or what will make DSI a more a better company for someone to want to say, I want to, I want to uh, try DSI. You know, I've I, I been reading and thinking about things like uniforms, you know, or wearing safari hats or pink cars or like Mary Kay does, whatever, but just kidding about that. But I was, uh, you know, our complex here in Dothan has uh, our older houses, and we had one of our offices at one time and needed to replace the roof. I called three roofers to get uh, come by and give us a quote on uh, replacing, repairing the, the uh, roof. And the three companies didn't show up. None of, none, none of the companies showed up. And uh, that day they were, the day after they were supposed to show up, I had to go to Jacksonville, Florida. And I remember going down I-10 and thinking about why, you know, people didn't show up. They, they told me they would be there, but they didn't show up. And I don't know why they didn't, but it didn't matter. And I remember saying to myself, if we just, if we'll just do what we say we'll do, we won't need any fancy slogans and fancy hats and fancy cars. Just up front, be honest, you know, good handshake, you know, it's what we do, we're gonna do it, we're gonna bust our rear end to do it for you. And that's where it came from, D-W-Y-S-Y-W-D, do what you say you'll do. And I, we live by it, you know this, it's a very simple approach, but that's who we are, very simple people trying to do, trying to, uh, trying to build and provide a good service with what we do. And I think it's, 
it sticks. And uh, like I said, we got it on all our logos and cars and uniforms. And I think it's a very, again, a simple approach, but it's very who we are. Yeah, very powerful and been very effective. Uh, and I think the results certainly speak for themselves. So. Over the past 51 years, um, what are some notable successes that you remember about DSI security? Well, I, I think there's a, uh, there's a couple of things that, you know, made a, a couple of things I think about. And, and I remember by 25 years ago, a champion international company that is a, is not a business anymore, they were sold out to someone, but we had, we had one of their plants in a certain area in Alabama. And the guy, had, I called on him in Texas and he gives a chance to bid, I think, four locations, Alabama, Jacksonville, Florida, and, and one outside of Houston, Texas. That's like three, I think it was four. I remember driving out there and uh, uh, and uh, meeting with a guy, and we got the business, and that pushed us in, to Texas. And we were already in Florida a little bit, but pushed us to uh, the Jacksonville area. I think that was a, a push to, to, to broaden our horizons. I think that, uh, I think Tyson Foods, uh, you you involved with this, you know. You know, Tyson Foods, I'll tell you a quick story about Tyson Foods. We were about to take over a facility with Tyson Foods in Alabama. And by the time we were about to take over, but we had a week or two before taking it over, they put a halt on it because they hired a national security team and that they were looking at bidding out all their locations. We called uh, me and our director of marketing at the time out of Birmingham called uh, the head of security for Tyson Foods, and he said he'd meet with us. He said, I'll give you an hour. And we met in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. It was snowing that day. I wonder if we get along the live. We met in a little restaurant like uh, Sam, Sam Bowes, kind of a local restaurant. And he, it was him and his two of his uh, security directors from different parts of the country. They get, said, I'll give you all an hour. We were there eight hours. Uh, we ate three meals at that restaurant. And uh, he told me at the end, he said, if you, he loved our DWY, SYWD. He said, he said, he looked at me and pointed his finger at me. He said, if you'll do what you say you'll do, I promise you, you'll you grow with us. It was two weeks later, we uh, got a chance to, to bid or price a bunch of facilities. And I think we got 47 of them. Another company got about the same amount. It pushed us to, you know this, pushed us to Washington State, Chicago, all the country. We had 47 of their plants all over the country. And I think that, that uh, to me, what it did for me was open our, we, we ran them successfully. I think what it did for me was to realize we could we could, we could be bigger and, and, and still provide a quality service. And I think it, it helped us. I think electronics business, uh, getting into that was a big plus for us. I think when uh, years ago when different facilities, like a Sony here in Dothan would ask us to give them some recommendations on cameras, where to put them, that kind of stuff. We, and I would go to different uh, security vendors, electronic vendors, and say, uh, give, give me a price for this. And I realized maybe we are getting into that. Maybe it's like a one-stop shopping type deal where we can do all of it. And I'll get on, on a tie to that by the story about why I thought that. Uh, I was, I'd say majority of the people in our industry, well, not, maybe not a majority, a bunch of people in our industry that are head of security, the personnel part and electronics part, don't know about cameras or access control or alarm system. They depend on people like us to go in there and, and be that person for them, someone they can trust. So I thought we get an electronics business and tie that with our guard service business. You got one supplier there and, and the 80s rails being a, 
Eddie Sorrells would come to Alan Clark and say, I want you to help me. And I, I guide you to say, you need to do, do this. It gives us more of a uh, tie-in, more, more of a relationship, and, and, uh, uh, or more of a need for us, too, type thing. So, but the story is, uh, I'm, I'm really that kind of person myself. I, years ago, I was replacing windows at our house. We live in kind of an older house, and uh, I went and ordered the windows. It was good. And then I said, who's going to put them in? I had to hire another guy to put them in. And then I got the point, well, okay, when that's all done, who's going who's gonna to finish the molding around it? Who's going to paint it? I, I'm the kind of guy I'd rather say, hey, Eddie, I want to replace a window. Replace that window. I don't want to have to do all those variables because I'm not very good at that. So that's why my theory was on getting electronics and guard together was that theory saying there's a lot of people out there who need guidance. And if you can be an expert in both, and, and Eddie, Eddie Shrills may not know the electronics or may not know the guard service, but DSI as a team may know both of those. And if you trust DSI and you believe in DSI, then you'll, you'll use them. And that's kind of the philosophy of why we, I think that was a big, and I think the electronics division is only, I guess, 20-something years old with us, but I think, I think it, uh, the future is huge in electronics. It's changing every day. I think, uh, I think everyone just by this day and time has cameras around their house, around their barn, around their business. And the, and the personnel part's still there too. So I think that uh, it's still a good philosophy, good tie-in. We just, uh, I think we got some good folks in electronics now, uh, and always have. We got some good folks there, and I think it's taking us to another level, and we spread our wings, and I think it's great. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the security industry is, is changing, it's evolving, and there's no shortage of, of companies out there offering services and solutions. But if you think back to, when DSI began, and certainly as we sit here 51 years later, and if you had to just give a brief description as to what makes DSI different, what would you say? Personal touch. I think we still, going back that, that, to the DWI, SYWD, uh, that's the question asked, as you know well as I do, that question is asked us all the time. Well, well you, you hire from the same pool, you do this, you, you know, what, what makes DSI different? I think that personal touch, I think we still have that, we're, uh, I, I always say we want, we want to be large enough to take care of you in every aspect, meaning financially, you know, payroll, and uh, uh, to take care of you, but small enough to give that personal attention. And I think, uh, I think that's what we are. That's I think that's what we thrive to do. We still think we can be a large company and give you that personal touch, and that's what we, as you know, the meetings we've been in, and we we talk about it every week is, is how do we continue to grow, prosper be the kind of company uh, we want to be. And you got to grow, if you don't grow, if you're not growing, you're going backwards. I mean, you know, they don't doubt you're going to lose some, whether it's for uh, financially or people out of business, like you're going to lose business. You got to keep, you got to keep uh, new ones coming in. Uh, we can be uh, as large as we want to be, but we still have to, to me, to be the, to reach our potential and our philosophy that we believe in, it still give you that personal touch. And that, that ties into people, having people like you, 30 years with us, Gene Sanders, your wife, Stacy Israel's 31 years, a year, a year more than you. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that before a few <laughs> times, yeah. yeah. Uh, good people that are, are, are wanna, wanna have a better life and wanna have, be a part of something good, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and when you talked earlier about Sheriff A.B. Clark answering that phone at the dinner table, I think there's a real, parallel to, to our business or any business that no matter how big we get, no matter how many services or solutions that we offer, someone's still got to answer that phone. 
that cares and is really interested in who's got the issue on the other end. And if you don't have that, nothing else really matters. Well, can I say sure. that? Talking about that, you know, our uh, good point, our, our communication system, we call our in Dothan here. Uh, there's nothing. We used to, for years we had a, an answering service at each office. You know, Miami may an answer service or Dothan answer service. We, you know, years ago we started our own communication center. We felt like that we have our own after hours. After if Miami has its own telephone number during the day, they answer it in Miami or Chicago or where it may be. But at night, we had the, the people answering the phone that wasn't a part of DSI. So we, when we started our communication center, what, 10 or 15 years ago, at night all our phones ring into Dothan, Alabama. And it's a DSI person at our DSI compound complex over there who we hope and we believe, believe in DSI give that personal touch. We don't want you to be a number. We want you to be that. And, and, and also, we, we believe, and if you call for Alan Clark at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're going to patch you into Alan Clark. Or they won't, I want to talk to Eddie Srells, they're going to patch you into Eddie Srells, not be a callback. They're going to hold on the phone there and they get Eddie Srells. They can't get Eddie Srells for some reason. They're going to go down a list and find a, per, a person you to talk to. I think it's very, very important. Yeah, communication is the key and having that, that direct line, not just our executive team, but anyone in DSI. Right. They can solve that issue. So, what do you see in the future for DSI? Sky's the limit. You know, I, I just believe with uh, good people, which we do, uh, and continue to hire good people, we try to, which we all try to. I think that I think the future is broader than ever been. I think with the electronics piece tied to this, uh, and, and, and the, person, the guard part, the personnel part, is still strong. With the world we live in today. I don't know what the funding the police department is going to mean. I know it's for years it's been hard for police officers to respond to a basic call. Nothing about police department, but just it's harder just I mean for people. That's helped us grow. I think that this philosophy, I hope it doesn't happen, where they start defunding police officers. People are going to have call somebody to help them sure. protect their house and their property. I think the sky's the limit. I think we got again great people in place and continue to hire good people. I think that. Uh, the next 50 years of DSI will be a lot better than the last 50, yeah. 51. Absolutely, and that's one of the reasons we call this uh, podcast the security evolution. DSI evolves with those needs and those threats and, and continue to evolve with what our customers request. So right. we look forward to doing that. So, Alan, thanks so much for spending some time with me. I enjoyed the conversation, and I learned some things I didn't know. So you did? Uh, I thought you were a great quarterback in high school. So that. <laughs> Nah, nah. I had a stat sheet here I was going to read, but I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I won't do that. But, but yeah, thanks so much for, for spending this time here today. And thanks to each of you for watching and listening and hearing about the DSI story. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.